0: Hi honey. Haven't heard from hey, you ma'am. in a couple it's of days. Mark.
1: Hey, when you get oh. a minute, can you swing by my desk? We need to talk about this document that you sent me. Listen, there's a lot of stuff we have to correct before this goes to the board. I got to tell you, I need your full attention on this. This could really make or break our department.
0: <laughs> I thought I gave it my full attention the first time. Why can't I just have one day where everything goes right? One day where I just come in, I sip my coffee, I finish my reports, I log off, and I get out of here without screwing something up. Why is it always me? Hi, honey. Haven't heard from you in a couple of days. I was talking to your aunt and she was asking again if you'd gone out with anyone recently. If not, she has this lovely young lady that she met at the gym. Hmm. You know, I'm not getting any younger and I'd love to have some grandbabies to squeeze. Anyway, hope you're taking care of yourself. Come visit sometime soon, and I'll fix you a nice dinner. Much better than what you usually have, I'm sure. Love you. Mom, please, please, please. I am painfully aware of how single I am. And for your information, the last date I went on was six or seven months ago. And even that wasn't really a date. It was just a random <clears throat> hookup from Tinder. Every relationship that I've tried since I moved here has just imploded. Tell me, Mom, what's the problem? What's the common factor? Because I'm starting to think that it's me. Hi, um, this is Danielle from First National Bank. I just want to let you know that your account has been overdrafted and our 90-day penalty is due to kick in. Hey, man, it's Alex. Uh, Haven't seen you at the last two meetings. And as your AA sponsor, I felt obligated to check in with you.
1: This is Dr. Corbin calling with your psychiatric evaluation results. We need to discuss.
0: Why am I like this? I can't keep doing this. Every step I take, I am met with two steps back. Everything I touch turns to ashes. Failures stack on failures and every single one of them are met with a dozen nagging voices. Why aren't you a better employee? Why can't you make somebody else happy? Why are you a disappointment to your family? Am I stupid? Crazy? Lazy? Unlovable? Broken beyond repair? I can't take these intruders in my head anymore.
1: What's wrong with me? What are these thoughts? What are these emotions? What are these things that seem to drag me down? What's, what's, what's going on? We all face that. Would you agree with me? Come on, we all deal with issues. We all deal with mind monsters. If you've been here the last two weekends, we're in a series called Mind Monsters where we have been discussing the thoughts, the feelings that go against the Word of God, but they are there to pull us down. So we've been trying to equip people. What are mind monsters? Mind monsters are the emotions that have moved from under our bed to up into our head. Mind monsters are the hammer that, God, that the devil uses to drive the nails into lives that we believe to keep us separated, <clears throat> to keep us missing God's will, to keep us not being like, experiencing the life that Jesus bought for us on the cross, missing all the freedom. So two weekends ago, we began to climb on the P48 train journey. We challenge everybody to get on the P48 trains. Anybody been helped? So if you've missed it the last two weeks, come on, give us right. Go back and, and look at it. Philippians 4, 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell, contemplate, focus, these on, uh, focus on contemplate on these things. Stay right here. This is, and when thoughts come in that don't line up with the P48, they're the wrong train. Do not get off the P48 train onto the wrong train of thoughts. That makes sense? By the way, welcome to all of our campuses. Great to have you with us this weekend. You picked an incredible weekend to come. God behind bars, we love you. Man, all of our campuses. Last weekend, record attendance, Anderson, uh, and Combine Campbell two weeks ago record, another record, Farragut record last weekend, Pelosi be blowing it up, North over, th- I mean it over a thousand. God is doing an incredible work. Have y'all sensed God moving of late? It's been incredible. So now next weekend, we are gonna we are gonna turn the tide on the mind monsters. We're gonna, we're gonna turn them. But before we get there, we're going we're to deal with another one. But let me, let me, uh, let me say one more thing as, as to all of our campuses as far. Many of you have heard we've been having information meetings and we have, uh, we have getting ready for an amendment to our charter. If you cannot make one of those meetings, if you're part of the core at all of our campuses, you can get a thing. You can vote this weekend, sign it, done, be done. You don't have to come to a meeting. You don't have to come to the church conference. Matter of fact you will help take a load off me if we can get that done so at all of our campuses at the information uh, where the information is they've got ballots you can fill it out you have to have you have to be core and just the leadership team myself exec team encouraging you check for the charter amendment you check anything else you're not going to heaven and uh, so uh, <laughs> but if you if we could just get that done that would that, that would just help me so much and and help us as we move futuristically into into really being able to do more ministry farther faster. So I want to talk to you about a mind monster this weekend. Perhaps the biggest, hairiest, ugliest, baddest mind monster of them all. And that is the mind monster of fear. Now last weekend we talked about anger. And all of us struggle with anger in one way or another. And there's no question all of us deal with the issue of fear. It can be crippling, leaving you shivering under your sheets, or maybe it just keeps you from trusting God enough to take your next spiritual step in the journey of walking with God. Love like Paul Tournier said, Paul said this, that everything that's worthwhile in life is scary. If it's not fearful, it's not worthwhile. And so, let me I'll just tell you a story just of when, you know, uh, that I just was struck with fear. You guys know I used to fly a plane. I hadn't flown in a few years. My wife is very excited about that. And uh, Robert Theroux is one of our elders. Uh, he flew with me to a conference, and uh, it was the last day, and he came and found me and said, listen, the weather's getting bad. If we're going to make it home, we've got to go now. So, we go climb the little Cessna 182, and we take off. And uh, we are what's called VFR pilots, visual flight rules. Are you with me? It means it is illegal for us to touch a cloud. Touch a cloud. Remember, there are distances, how close, up, up, below, or either side, if you're a VFR pilot, you can actually get to a cloud. So we are flying. The weather is continuing to worsen. And, and what began to happen is the ceiling began to fall. You know what that means? The cloud cover is dropping. We are steadily dropping altitude because it's illegal for us to penetrate the cloud. And besides, my instructor terrified me of clouds. He said, listen, the average VFR pilot lasts 180 seconds in a cloud before he crashes a burn and dies into a big fiery ball. Just, <laughs> are you with me? I mean, painted this picture for me. So we're going, we go over a ridge and the clouds drop. So we're in a bowl. We're in a bowl. I can see 10 miles, north, south, east, and west, and we're circling this this ridge. Are you with me? All the way around this bowl, the clouds have come down. (laughs) Uh, Fear is beginning to work from my gut upward. And Robert said, Pastor, what do you think we should do? I said, I don't want to go up there. Not sure what we're going to do, but I don't want to go up there. Because not only was it illegal, and not only were, vi- were we visual pilots, but there was ice up there. So at 6,000 feet, there's no ice. And I said, I don't know how tall these ridges are. and There's ice up there. Let's do something else. Anything, he said. But I was sitting in the right side because I flew to he was flying back. That put him left side. That means he was the PIC. He was a pilot in charge. So I said, Whatever you want to do, Robert, he said, okay, we're going up. That's when I began to pray the choir loft, the hymnals, the blood. <laughs> I mean, everything I knew how to pray. So we, we pierced the clouds, and as soon as we were in the clouds, I dropped my head. Hands shaking. We get a little altitude. I'm wondering about ice. I can just see us ice-covered crash. I can see us hitting the side of a mountain. I'm, you know, I'm talking you know what fear does so you, right? Come on. It's, it's ridiculous. And so, Robert, we have, we do what's called flight following. So when you go, they they pass you off from airport to airport. So they're always watching you. And so we called Charlotte International, who we were doing flight following with. And we said, listen, Charlotte, this is through125. We are two visual pilots and we are stuck in IMC. We are stuck in the clouds and we need some help. And they said, Can't help you go somewhere else. I looked at Robert, (laughs) we're stinking all alone. I mean, because what happens, isn't that what fear does to you? When you become afraid, even if it's not even, I mean, even if it's just crazy fear, you start thinking weird things, you think, I'm all by myself. Now, in reality, we really weren't in trouble because Robert was only a couple hours short of taking his IFR test, instrument flight rules. So, Robert was over there, fat, dumb, and happy, just flying the airplane. He said, Pastor, would you change the radio to the next airport? I said, Robert, I can't do it. He said, stop, stop, stop. So I'm just back over here. Jesus' name. Come on. God, I'm coming to heaven. If there's any sin, I need to confess. Just would you bring it? Because I'm about to, I'll be there in a minute. Saying Gabriel, <laughs> would you grab me before we crash into a fiery ball? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we go farther. We call, we call uh, Tri-Cities, Tri-Cities 93125, two VFR pilots. We're stuck in IMC. They said, Oh, no problem. We got you. Fly this heading, go to this altitude, and you'll be in a break shortly. And then you can land. We got plenty of ceiling, and then we got about a thousand foot of clear between this cloud and this cloud. And we just man scooter put it all the way home. And I thought, why were you so crazy back there? Why were you freaking out? Because the mind monster of fear. If we let it, it will destroy us, won't we? Come on, am I the only one? No. But what are we learning to in uh, th- the the first message in this series? Jesus is I am, you remember the next word? Near. I'm near. I'm with you. I'm there. But Pastor, I don't feel him. I don't, I don't feel him. Trust me in that plane. I didn't feel him. <laughs> but are we gonna trust the facts of the word of God or are we gonna trust our feelings? And let's be real, don't so often we choose to trust our feelings over what God has revealed to us. And that's how we're going to begin to overcome the mind monsters. So let's just, what, what fills you with fear? What is it that stops you in your tracks? Let's pray. God, we need a supernatural impartation of your Holy Spirit. Because first we know that fear will disguise itself and we won't even be able to see what it really is. But we know that the enemy uses fear to keep us from our potential, from our ministry, from experiencing you, from the miracles, for all the things you want for us, God. We, we let fear make, we're going to miss it. So Holy Spirit, would you do an incredible work of revelation and impartation and get us on the P48 train walking in freedom and make it a difference like we never believed. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Amen. Come on. Because we all got mind monsters. And here's the deal. This is why this message matters. If you're listening, say am. amen Because fear stands between you and almost everything that you want in life that matters. And so over here is the will of God. Over here is the next step of God. Over here is the power of God. Over here is the freedom of God. But we're over here, and the only way to get to that is to walk through our fears. Does that make sense? So we've got to believe the Word and walk through them. There are people at every campus this weekend that want to serve. You're not serving. You know, you should serve, but maybe you tried before, or you don't think you'll do it, or you won't know the answers to questions people ask you, or all these. And so we sit instead of serving, and we miss it. This weekend is week three of Next Steps, where we're going to help you take a personality assessment and a spiritual gifts test and help you begin plugging in where God purposed you, what God made you for. We want to help that. So this weekend, some of you, hundreds of families, every weekend during the generosity part of our worship, hang their head and say, Lord, I want to give. I'm so sorry. I really want to give. If you'll just give me a better job or give me more money because I'm afraid that if I give I won't have enough. So fear stands between obedience and faith. Some of us want to be intimate with God but we're afraid. Some of us want to be intimate with other people, a spouse, a family members. But maybe you've been through a hellacious divorce that just left you dashed. I'm talking about on the rocks, man. Storm just shipwrecked. Maybe maybe you're dad or mom bailed on you. Maybe a friend, maybe your business partner ripped you off. Maybe your small group just imploded. And because you felt that pain, you say, I don't want to feel that pain anymore, so I'm afraid to open up. Are you with me? Because if I open up again, I might get hurt. And you might. But you might get healed and blessed and fulfilled and anointed and walk in the victory of Jesus. When I left Louisiana, a staff member had tried to get me fired with the elders that were there. And it was a difficult situation. And man, when I came, when Michelle and I moved to Oak Ridge and, and took over Faith Promise, man, I didn't trust staff. I was jaundiced. And I just came to the conclusion, Chris, you have to trust again. Because you'll never build the relationships. You'll never experience it. So I just had, hey, I had to put, with fear, I had to put myself out of there again. Are, are you with me? Could I have been hurt? Sure. Have I been hurt by staff members of faith? Promise, of course I have. No doubt about it. It's, just part, of the, it's part of it. But I'm not going to allow fear to keep me from what God wants. Does this, this mate? Come on, somebody. So, whatever you might be afraid of, here's the truth for all of us. We all want to be rescued from fear. As a little kid... When we, there was a monster under our bed, we wanted to run to our parents. We wanted them to come to our room. We've all wanted to be rescued. Now, there are two kinds of fear. One is a healthy fear. It's a biblical fear. We need to embrace that fear. It's the kind of fear that keeps us safe. It helps us not pick up pulls and stakes or walk on the edge of a mountain where we might fall off. It keeps us looking both ways before we cross the road and not get run over by a semi. So let me just give you a couple of of examples of the reverent holy fear we are to embrace Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 says, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear what? Keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11, Paul says, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. What? In evangelism, in serving God. Because we know we'll all stand before that God. So there is a healthy fear. That's not the kind of fear we're talking about this weekend. We're talking about an unhealthy fear. We're talking about a fear of failure that paralyzes you and keeps you from trying again. The average successful Entrepreneur in America fails three three times before they succeed. You cannot believe how many highly published authors got turned down, I think, I mean, just by dozens and dozens of publishers before they ever got one. If you can step up to the plate in the Major League Baseball and get to first base four times and strike out six, you'll be a Hall of Famer. That means you failed six times. Struck out, popped up, didn't make it. There's a the fear of walking in faith and deciding to trust God. There's a fear, there's a fear of rejection that causes us to isolate ourselves and experience rejection anyway because we don't let anybody in. Does this, does this make sense? So next week uh, uh, next weekend, the next two weekends, we're launching 120 new adult groups. Getting ready for back to the movies, it's alignment. Man, it is time to jump in there with us. Brand new groups. You'll be new like everybody else will be new. Jump in there. And as one of our vases, let's grow together. We are wholly committed to your freedom, to you walking in that, and you only experience true freedom in biblical community. See, forgiveness is an event. God says you're forgiven. Freedom is a process. Of getting real with people. Now, it struck me while I was working on this message, do you know that before there was sin, there was no fear? It sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, it brought in fear. It, they, were, they, were, they walked in the garden in the cool of the, with God every day. They were naked and they run ashamed. Genesis 3, 9 and 10 says this. The Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And frankly, that's where a ton of us are this weekend. We're hiding ourselves. Why? Because there's a snake-shaped mind monster that slithers into our thought life and our family life. And he brings up fear and we simply will not step up and step in. He wants us in the cheap seats. He didn't want us in the game, and God wants you in the game. Now, there is a devil. There is an enemy. And Jesus said in John 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He does want to destroy us. But listen, we do not have to bow to the the mind monster of fear, right? Matter of fact, when it comes to fear, it's not the devil that you should be concerned about because the greatest threat to you not overcoming fear is sitting in your chair. Are you with me? So let me give you some truth. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of what? Our fear. So when you're afraid, listen, God didn't give that to you, but God gave you power, which is the Greek word dunamis, which we, we extrapolate our word dynamite from. And it, listen, this is a power to walk in the miraculous. This is a power to overcome the mind monsters. Are you with me? I gave you power and love and discipline. And so this year's follow the feeling because where the Spirit leads, where the Spirit leads. And the Spirit of God offers us power power to walk over these mind monsters. Like it or not, like it or not, the disciplines or the choices that we make are so important. They will determine whether we will step over that fear or whether we will be bound up by that fear. It says in 1 John chapter 4 verse 8, there is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? It casts out fear, because fear involves punishment and the one who is not perfected in love. So perfect love protects our hearts and our minds from fear. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for Jesus and what he did on the cross. And sending us the Holy Spirit and giving us power to walk in victory. Maybe you're here this week you're trying to decide, what is my next step? Man, we want to help you. Because we, we're, we're all about helping real people with real problems find the real love of Jesus. Are we all real people? Yes. Do we all have real problems? Yes. Man, we are going to learn to walk in victory. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise also partook of the same. That through death he might render what? Powerless, him who had power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those through what? Fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. People are slaves to fear. And if you're born again, what do you have to do? You don't have to fear death. I'm going to heaven. There are no elections in heaven, there are no health care in heaven, there are no banks in heaven, there are no sin or sickness or pain or problems in heaven. Threaten me with heaven. Are y'all with me? Come on, we do not have to walk in fear. Our enemy will trap us under it. He'll trap us if he can. Let me tell you what, Jesus, Jesus says in Matthew 25, he preached this sermon over and over and over called the Sermon of the Mount. Why? Because every time he stood and looked at a crowd of people, he saw people that were scared, that were anxious, and that were worried. Would you all agree with that? And don't we still see that today? For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor for your body as what you'll put on it. It's not life more than food and body more than clothes. He, he, he goes on and he says, you know, hey, listen, I take care of the birds, the grass. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and thrown in the first tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, O you, of little what? Faith. Do not worry again, multiple times. Do not worry. What we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear for clothes. The Gentiles, lost people, eagerly seek for these things. Your heavenly fathers knows you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. So don't worry about tomorrow. He says in here, worry can't add one hour to your life. Actually, worry takes hours off your life. Doesn't add to, you can't add an inch to your life. He said, don't worry Man, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough crap happening today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Are you with me? And so it's what God wants us to do. And Jesus does not want you, like I said in the right seat of that Cessna 182, terrified for no reason. He wants you walking in victory, overcoming the mind monster of fear that keeps you from all that God predestined. The good works of Ephesians 2.10 said that he created for you to work in. Perfect love protects our present and our future. So we put God first. How? We put God first by trusting his word more than our feelings. We follow the feeling. We crucify the mind monsters and we render them powerless in our hearts. We see it. We do it. But man, we are gonna, we're, we're going to move forward. Well, what about all my needs? What about all the busyness? What about all the distractions? Jesus seek ye, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. All this other stuff going to be taken care of, didn't he? He said, I'm, I'm going to handle all that. I'm going to do that. So let me give you, there are four things we've been talking about at the end of each of these Mind Monsters message. Number one, recognize fear. Are you with me? Because a lot of times the Mind Monsters come camouflaged. In Jennings, I haven't been in, a senior pastor long, a gentleman called me late one night and said something horrific was happening to his wife. Burn marks were coming out of her skin and nobody was burning her. Now, this young lady had a torturous background. Her her abuse, it was horrible. I knew that there was some demonic activity, so I got two elders. We show up, I don't know, Midnight. I began to deal with her and realize she's got oppressive spirits that are in her. They're just in her. And so I cast out two. There were three. And she said, I don't want the third one to leave. I said, why is that? She said, because it's my grandmother. It's my dead grandmother. And I said, really? So see, that, that demon, that spirit had disguised itself. Does this make sense? So I said... To her, look at your grandmother. Do you see her? Tell me what she's wearing. Well, she's got a full-length dress, three-quarter-length sleeves. It's off-white. And while she's describing her grandmother, I said, in the name of Jesus, expose yourself. And she saw what was in her, and she liked to went through the ceiling. Four full men could barely hold this, this little bitty 90-pound woman down. She was freaked. Get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. And that demon said, if you make me go out, I'm going into her husband. I said, dude. Because he was, I said, dude, are you saved? Fill the Spirit of God? Because this demon says, coming after you. So she's delivered, gets saved, sings in the choir. Incredible story. But I tell you that story because of the deception of the mind monsters. They will. So you got to recognize fear and see it. I knew I was afraid in that airplane. You got to reject the mind monster's control you got to say listen that's fear i reject that in jesus name i rebuke you i man galatians two twenty. i crucify that in the name of jesus then you replace it with spirit-filled love holy spirit fill me i'm following the feeling fill me and then retrain your mind to follow the feeling the more you walk in it are you with me the more you practice the more you train yourself the more you disciple yourself the more that you walk in a group of people and, and, the, and, and the mind monsters are exposed, the more freedom you can walk in. Are you okay? Some of y'all stood back on that story I just told. Come on with me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's going to be all right. And I, I don't really tell a lot of those supernatural stories because it freaks people out. It's just true, though. And, and listen hell wants to keep you bound up by the mind monsters. So maybe you're this weekend. And you've never built a relationship, you've never entered a relationship with Jesus. You're religious, went to church, and some of you have, have never actually accepted the love of God because He's a father, and your earthly father abused you, looked, abandoned you, left you, abused you, did you, and you say, You know what, when I think about God the Father, that image of my earthly father, and can I just tell you, one who was abused sexually and physically, one who gets pain of your past, can I tell you by experience that we serve the most loving, compassionate, patient, caring, present, all-loving, graceful God. God in heaven does not represent, does not at all represent your earthly father. He's so far over. He's so far above. I was in a Bible study, a man that, that I meet with, uh, and we were, they were asking questions. and. I don't understand that. I said, does the tick get the dog? The tick doesn't understand the dog. God is so far above us. Are you with me? We never fully understand all of God till we get there. But if you're ready to say, hey, you know what? I don't understand all of God, but I, I want a relationship with God. I want to go to heaven. I'm, I'm just sort of sick of living in my flesh and not having victory. I really do want to walk in freedom. I really do want to walk in the joy of the Lord. I don't want to be religious. Well, religion stinks. I don't want to be religious either. But, man, I want to be victory. I want to walk in freedom. I want to taste and see that the Lord, is good. So at all of our campuses, as a matter of fact, right now, campus pastors, if you guys would step up, just go ahead and step up right now. And listen, just go ahead and take it over. It leads people to Jesus. Man, wrap up this service. We love you at every campus. Romans 5.8 said, God demonstrated, He proved, He showed His love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sacrificed His Son for us while we were in opposition and an enemy to Him. And so if you're ready to receive Him, if you're ready to surrender your life up, if you're ready to give it all to Him, He's ready to enter your life, save you, put your name the land book of life. He's ready to interject you with the Holy Spirit of God and help you begin to walk in some freedom that you actually didn't even know was possible. Because if you grew up in church, that you saw the opposite of freedom. You saw legalism. You didn't see freedom. Come on. Next year, we're gonna go through a workbook in all of our small groups the best I've ever seen anywhere called freedom. I'm telling you, thousands of people are gonna continue to be set free. So if you're ready right now to open your heart to Jesus, Right now, come on, online, God behind bars, every head bowed, every eye closed. We're gonna pray with you. Just pray this aloud with us. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've failed. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I surrender to your Lordship. Fill me with your Spirit let me walk in freedom. So still, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that little simple, yet profound transformative prayer, just so says hey, Pastor, I just want you to know, I prayed that with you, we're not going to come get you, drag you down an aisle, we're not going to embarrass you, right here, come on. Anybody else? All right, all right, look up here. We just put it, our ushers put the cards in the hands of people just to tell them what their next step is because we are always about a next step here, aren't we, Faith Promise? And I don't care how long you've been walking with God, there's always a next step. So if you just prayed with me online, you can go to the forum right there. Godbound bars, some incredible volunteers are with you. But if you'll take the communication card, fill the top part out, check the circle, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. The second circle, I need baptism. And if you have not been to Next Steps, I want to challenge you. Next step is your... It's week three, it's where you learn. It's where you learn your purpose. It's where you learn why, what God wired you up for. It's so on a challenge, is Saturday night, it's after the five o'clock service, Sunday morning, it's 11.30 at all of our campuses. So man, I wanna challenge just, hey, check your kids back in and go and learn and it will absolutely be so beneficial to you. As we get ready to, we get ready to give, Well that mind monster of fear pops up, doesn't he? As we worship through giving, we have a partner in Kenya called Destiny Shapers. Because of your generosity and that ministry we support, they go into villages and they do educational seminars and then they're able to see the kids who could be sex trafficked or who are being sexually abused. They train families, they move kids, they're boys and girls that are living in victory that had it not been for your generosity, would have been trafficked or devastated. It's incredible the ministry that God is using through your generosity. So some of you give for the first time. Man, I'm so grateful. Others of you just continue, man, so faithful. And all of us are getting ready for Heart for the Harvest that's coming, just preparing. Even pray now, God, what do you want me to do in that annual offering? I'm going to pray. Usher's going to come. And uh, we're going to give. Listen, I want you to know something. It is my deepest desire that you walk in freedom. Are you with me? It keeps me up at night. It's all through my journal. It's always been. I love you so deeply and want so much for you. God, would you take and bless this offering, the gift and the giver? Use it for your glory, for your honor. God, use it to bring fame to your name. God, continue to set the captives free. Open the eyes of the blind. Save those that are lost. Set free those that are oppressed and help us proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Use this. Blessed is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Come on, give God a shout as we get to give.